Welcome to another episode of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler, and in this episode, we're going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. (laughs) All right. Our next guest is Lisa Niver. She is an award-winning travel expert who has explored 101 countries and six continents. She's also still credentialed to be a science teacher, which she did for many, many years. Um, you can find her talking travel at KTLA TV and in her We Said Go Travel videos with over 1.3 million views on her YouTube channel. She is the founder of We Said Go Travel, which is read in 235 uh-huh. countries. Her stories have been published in such places as AARP, that's for old people, American Airways, <laughs> Jewish Journal, (laughs) Miss Magazine, Smithsonian Magazine, Teen Vogue, and Wharton Magazine. She's currently writing a book, Bravish. It's all about perspective, 50 adventures before 50, about her most recent travels and challenges. When she's not scuba diving or in her art studio making ceramics, she's helping people find their next dream travel. Lisa, I'm so excited to have you here. You know I'm a fan. Um, Thanks for joining us. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on your show, Bob. I'm really excited to be here and get to talk to you and all of your listeners. Well, I'm excited because, um, well, first of all, you're scuba dive. And yes. so I don't even think I could, maybe I could scuba dive in a pool because I have a complete fear of being eaten by sharks. So mm-hmm. have you encountered a shark? Yes, I actually have. I actually have, yes, many times been in the ocean with sharks. And I'd say one of the most, um, I don't know what the adjective is. I don't know that it's impressive, but the most, the thing that people go, you did what? Is I went scuba diving with bull sharks, which are supposed to be the most dangerous sharks. But I was actually with the pregnant bull sharks. The female sharks are into the same level of danger. And they're busy being pregnant. So I went in Mexico and I took a class called Shark School. And we would (laughs) learn in class for a few hours about uh, predator behavior. And then we would go scuba diving. And it was, there was one dive where I actually did get a little freaked out, which is very unusual for me. But I got separated from my group and two sharks were coming right at me. And I was like, oh my goodness. (laughs) But... um, But mostly, I mean, I've been diving for decades and I love it. And honestly, 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 sharks are not that interested in you. Yeah. Uh, I'll try to tell myself. You don't taste good. You don't taste good. (laughs) I'm not that good. So they're going to bite my leg and then move on. Oh, scary, scary. So when you were a kid, did did you always want to scuba dive? Did you always want to travel? What did five-year-old Lisa want to do when she grew up? Well, what happened is... Five-year-old Lisa pretty much wanted to sit in the corner and read. I was super into reading. But uh, teenager Lisa went on a cruise, and my parents took us to the Mediterranean. And one of the most incredible things was we went to Athens, and I saw the Parthenon. We went to Israel. I saw the Western Wall. And it was basically my history books came to life. And in school, I always found the history books pretty boring, to be honest. And I was like, why do I have to learn this? And then we were in uh, Turkey, in Kusadasi, and I walked through the, you know, what they claim may be one of the very first libraries at Ephesus. I was like, this is amazing. And I just got the travel bug. I was like, what else can I learn? Where else can I go? 
That's so awesome. And did you have um, brothers and sisters? Were you an only child? Was it easy for you to travel? I was the oldest of two girls. I still am. My sister is actually here in LA for Passover. And we did not travel. Well, we, we traveled every holiday to skiing. I would recommend that my dad, who is 79, would rather ski than breathe. So my whole life, most vacations were to the snow and the cold. So I didn't go that many places. Um, but I, because of that first trip, I spent a summer in Israel with about a hundred teens from Los Angeles. And then because of the summer trip, I spent a semester in Israel during college. And those were very okay. foundational for me. That is so cool. And did your parents, um, when you were younger, did they talk to you about money? Did they talk to you about, uh, like doing what you wanted to do? Like how, how was that growing up uh, in terms of money and life? You know, it's interesting. My parents moved to California, to Los Angeles from the East Coast and they bought a house in 1971 they still live in. Wow, okay. And this is the only house they ever bought. And in 1971, I think the house was $65,000. Wow. And everyone told my dad, don't buy the house. It's too expensive. Wow. You need a starter house. And then when you get established as a dentist, you could have a, a this house. This right. is not a first house. Right. And my mom and dad said, we're never moving. And people said, no, no, people move every five to seven years. My parents have never moved. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a good choice for them. But I think that I definitely got the sense from them like that you save up. And that's how you build your dreams. And it's important to work hard and figure it out. And in my family, one of the big important things was definitely education. Yeah. Study, figure it out. Absolutely. And did you get a, uh, did you get a, um, what allowance? Did you get allowance? Did uh, your parents give you money for chores or? I never had allowance, but to be honest, I didn't really want anything. I, I turns out when I was growing up, I had a problem with my eyes that didn't exactly get diagnosed. And so I wasn't that great at a lot of things. And it, I was interpreted as very clumsy and not athletic. And so I never played sports. Uh, was, my eye doctor who helped me um, in my 40s basically told me with the scores I had, he was just so happy I could read. So, wow. yeah, so I could read and basically that was all I did. I could not catch a ball. I wasn't out a lot. Like, I don't know where I would have spent money. Um, yeah. You know, like I, I'm sure I went to the movies, but I think my parents either went with us or gave me money for the movies, but I didn't, I didn't practice really spending money on a budget. Okay. And then when you got out in the real world, after you uh, finished college and you're out doing your own thing, did did you have to learn about money or did you already have sort of a foundational sense of it? That's a good question. Um, well, one of the funny stories I remember actually from college is a funny money story is I went to Penn and we had food service. We had the cafeteria Monday through Friday. Right. So on the weekends, we had to figure out money. And uh -oh. at the time, <laughs> yes, <laughs> at the time, this is prior, in my recollection in the 80s, prior to ATMs. It might have been just on the edge of it. On the edge, yeah. And so my, my best friend and I, you know, we would always eat together. So I remember one week, and we would, you know, you had to remember, go to the bank during bank hours and cash a check. 
Right, right. And we were college students. So I remember one weekend, like on Friday or Saturday, looking at the, our, our dorm had Sunday breakfast. So we had, you know, we had Friday, I think we still had lunch and dinner. So it was like Saturday and Sunday dinner. At some point on Saturday, she looks at me. I look at her between us. We have $20. So I was in a terrible mood. I don't remember where we went. We got some food and they gave us change was $10. And I was like, what are we supposed to do with $10? And we were always together. And so she looks at me, she takes the $10. She was so tired of me being a bitch. Takes the $10, rips it in half, hands five to me, you know, hands half to me, takes the other half and walks out. Oh no. I was like, oh, I think I've been schooled. I think I have an <laughs> attitude problem. So the next day, Sunday morning, we have brunch with everybody in the dorm. And then uh, it comes time to whatever, lunch or dinner. And I look at her and I'm like, what are we going to eat? We don't have any money. She goes, we have money. Give me back the money. She takes it together, orders pizza. We have dinner. We never had that problem again. <laughs> that <laughs> is too like, funny. <laughs> What happens well, when you're not very nice? Exactly. And it reinforces teamwork because it needed both of you to put the $10 bill back. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so that was definitely one of the ways I first had an experience of like, did we get the money? You know, the, the, that it's a literal exchange because it was still very cash. I did have a credit card for emergencies. Um, that I almost never used. And I guess we could have used it that weekend, but I, I would not have thought of that as an emergency. But yeah. it, it's helped me in funny moments. Like I remember when I went to Cuba, I had I made a mistake. And at the airport, I wanted to change money. And the guy that I had arranged to pick me up to take me to my Airbnb said, don't change the money here in Spanish. You know, you'll change it in town. It's a better rate. And I listened to him. And we got into town. I checked into the ATM. I went to go change the money and it was too late. The place was closed. And I went to a Uh, local hotel who wouldn't help me because I wasn't staying there. And so fortunately, I always have snacks in my bag. So I was fine. But I could not go to dinner because I didn't have any money. And that was the last time uh, I think that I ever didn't trust my instincts. I was like, if I need to change the money, you'll just have to wait for me. So, you know... Put the money together. Trust your instincts. <laughs> Trust your instincts. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, I, well, and the thing that people don't realize, even in this day and age, and in some countries, they don't have ATM machines and the rules are different. So when I was in India getting ready to go into Nepal, I took a thousand dollars out of the ATM, but it was Indian money. And then I got to Nepal to pay for everything. And they said, well, you're not Indian, so you can't use Indian money to get into Nepal. You can only use US money. Well, I had pulled out most of my money and I was fighting with my travel partner. She was mad at me. And um, I had to call a friend back home and have them wire me money on Western Union, I think. Yeah, Western Union, because Western Union. there were no ATMs in Nepal. What? <laughs> right? We get very spoiled. In the it US. Is, it is very important. I agree with you. When you're, I, I actually heard a story of someone, I think it was the same border, um, that literally had to recross back and change the money and come back. They weren't traveling with a smart partner who did, you know, but it, it can be very challenging to make sure, you know, when you're thinking about whose money or 
or where was the place? Is it in Cambodia? I think it was in Cambodia. I went to the ATM and US dollars came out and I was like, this is so strange. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's certain places, Ecuador also, sometimes you can use dollars. So it's like, so, you know, you're like, how is this happening? But, my, you know, being without money or not understanding the system is extraordinarily problematic. I mean, always wherever you are, but certainly traveling can be much worse because like you said, you don't necessarily have the resource. Like you were fortunate to call someone, but it is hard in other countries. Um, you know, I, I haven't been to as many countries as you've been to. Um, but I do know when you're in small countries or crossing the border that has a, has a big log to be the, the thing that goes up and down. Um, it's a different, you're not in the U S everybody is not catering to you. Um, correct. Um, and probably catering to you even less sometimes because you're from the U S well, it's, you know, it's interesting. I worked for a long time on cruise ships and we had different problems over the years that I was there. I remember once Um, my credit card had fraud. And so they wanted to send me another credit card, but I didn't exactly have a great mailing address on that. So fortunately I had a second credit card and I was like, okay, just cancel it. It's fine. And my favorite story was we were, I was sailing from Santiago in Chile to Buenos Aires. It was a two week trip and we were in Santiago and I went to the ATM and the ATM machine ate my card. <laughs> and I went to, I went to the bank guard and I said, Hey, you know, it ate my card. He goes, no problem. Just come back on Monday and we'll give it to you. I said, well, on Monday, I certainly won't be here. I mean, we're leaving at 5 PM. And so, you know, I, I, um, my dad was in the military, so I have USAA bank and, and they're very used to people moving around because that's what they deal with. And so that wasn't a problem to them. They were going to take care of it. Um, but it wasn't so great for me because like we didn't, I didn't have an address and right. I, I actually had in my bag, a debit card, an ATM card for a different bank and another credit card. Cause when I travel in my backpack, I have a, credit card and debit card and in my packed luggage I do too because I don't know what's going to happen and you know it's really important I always tell people have a hundred dollars cash in your wallet like what if like you said what if there's no ATM what if the power goes out yeah absolutely and when you travel do you so one of the things that I was told and I've done this when I traveled is I carry a lot of one dollar bills um because if I'm you if I have a 50 or a hundred uh, the chances are nobody's going to be able to exchange that. But if I've got mm-hmm. a few dollars, even if it's not the c- local currency, people still like U.S. dollars. Um, I think that's very good advice to have, you know, small money. Because some people, like you said, for a long time, you know, the, the U.S. dollar has been the you know international exchange. Um, and many people are willing to figure that out on their own. And like you said, they can't change a big bill. So I do think that's really good advice. Um, I, I think you just have to plan for what might happen and think through different scenarios. You know, like for forever, people have been saying, you know, have a copy of your passport in another bag and someone at home should yeah. have a copy of your passport. And people tell me, it's okay, I don't need a copy of my passport. It's in my phone. I said, what about when your phone dies? What about when your phone's stolen? Right. What about your phone breaks? Like, it's interesting to me. I was at a conference in January, a travel conference. There are 550 of us on this platform. 
and the platform wow. crashed. And so I had my whole schedule for the day. We had meetings like every 10 minutes. I had my whole schedule in front of me and I just started calling people. I'm like, hey, we're supposed to have a meeting now. How about we just have it on the phone? And there was all this chatter in Facebook. We had a Facebook group and people were like, how am I supposed to know what my schedule is? I was like, well, why don't you print it out? Why would I print it out? It's in the platform. Right. I said, well, I guess, I guess you never lived on a cruise ship when the power went out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. You, you got, you have to have contingency plans when you travel. And you, and I think you learned that pretty quick. I know, you know, I did because we don't know what's going to happen. And we've been so, I think we're very spoiled here. Um, dare I say entitled? Um, because. <laughs> I, the first time I went to Mexico, this is really sad. I, you know, I came out here from Tennessee to California. I went down with a friend. She wanted to go to Mexico and we drove down. And as we crossed the border, I know I'm going into Mexico. I know they speak Spanish. And this was years ago. And I looked and I thought, well, I can't believe they're not going to do everything in English. I mean, I'm American, right? That was mm. my initial. Of course, then I realized what a jerk I was. But initially, I'm like, the signs are in Spanish. I mean, I know it's a Spanish-speaking country, but seriously, <laughs> like, that's the mindset, I think, of a lot of Americans. You know, it, it's, it's hard if you've always been in one place to think about what it might be like in another place. When, <laughs> when I was studying in Israel, for spring break, I went to visit a friend in Italy and my other friends went to different countries. And when we came back, one of the women was talking about how she got lost running. She said she looked at the sign and she was like, I have to come back to this sign. That's where my house, you know, wherever she was staying, her hotel was. So she kept following the sign and following the sign and following the sign. And she never came back. And it was quite scary for her. The sign she was following said, one way. <laughs> Yeah. So, so that was very instructive to me. I was like, that, I don't want to make that mistake. And I tell people when we were on the cruise ship and we were in Asia, the daily newsletter always had the name of the peer in whatever the local language was. So that yeah. you, if you were out alone, you could show that document and get back. Right. And, you know, I went out once with an officer and we're like, we're good. You know, we know what we're doing. And we were in India. We're like, they speak English here. We're fine. So we get in a taxi to go back to the ship. The ship will leave without us, even though we're officers, because they're going to leave. So yeah. we tell them we're go where we're going. We're driving along. I'm thinking it doesn't seem quite right. And all of a sudden, the guy I'm with looks out the window and he's like, why do I see airplanes? Oh, so no. we asked to go to the port. The ship oh, no. port, and we went to the airport. Oh, no. So I tell people, listen, I only know all of these things to tell you because I've made every single possible mistake. You know, like, yeah. I don't need to have it in, you know, I'm fine. Nope, not that fine. <laughs> so no, we did not miss not the ship that day. Did not miss the ship that day, but I never made that mistake again. Plenty of other mistakes, yes, but not that one. Well, you have to be so careful in traveling. I remember when we went to Nepal, and we went to India and Nepal, there was a third friend who was going to join us in India, but he didn't know he had to get a visa. <laughs> so they wouldn't let him into oh. India. Uh, minor no. detail, right? You, um, so he ended up going into Nepal early and while well, we spent a week in India. Um, you have to <laughs> do a little bit of homework. 
<laughs> yes, that's true. When um, I spent quite a bit of time traveling, um, backpacking in Asia, and when we were Thailand at the time had 30 day visas. And then we went to probably Vietnam and came back overland. And while we were in Vietnam, they changed the rules and we came overland and they're like, Oh no, you get a 15 day visa. I'm like 15 days would have a 30. And I said, you want 30 you have to fly in. So the next time we left Thailand and came back, we flew back because we wanted 30 days. And so, wait, right. the rules, it's, it's kind of like COVID, you know, you're like, wait, I thought the rules were six feet. Oh, no, three feet. You know, you have to pay attention to local information. Like, where do I get money? How do I get money? Is the bank closed on Saturday and Sunday? Is it closed on Sunday and Monday? Is it a holiday? We showed up once in Thailand to stay at a small island on Monday. We're like, this will be great. Everybody only goes here for the weekend. So we show up on Monday afternoon. It doesn't seem quite right. It seems like a lot of people. Turns out it was a three-day weekend. So one of the choices was to get back on the speedboat and go back to the mainland. And my travel partner was like, it'll be fine. Like, I'm not sure it's going to be fine. So we, (laughs) the two of us and then maybe six other people, one of the bars said, listen, when we close, we'll lock your luggage in the kitchen and you can sleep on the picnic tables. And I was like, I'm I'm not sure that's a good idea. And my travel partner was like, this is perfect. I was like, great. It was my and biggest fear on- of the long trip. <laughs> <laughs> you, Will there be you, a night you, where we have nowhere to stay? Yes. Yeah. And that can be definitely scary. I mean, and you do, you have to know the rules. I in I remember traveling to the Zanzibar, the island from Tanzania mainland, and Zanzibar is part of Tanzania, but you have to have a passport to get into Zanzibar. <laughs> so half the people on the ship arrive to Zanzibar only to have to turn around and take the ship back to the mainland because they didn't bring a passport. Like you gotta know the rules. I, when I worked for princess cruises in the kids program, we used to show the Muppet treasure Island. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. And they were always talking about going to visit the Zanzibar variants. (laughs) So I have not yet been to Zanzibar. That's definitely on my list. So was it amazing? It was amazing. It's it's really cool. There's some amazing history. There's some sad history there, but it's a, a, a fascinating place. Fascinating place. I think my takeaway was there was a a, a Saudi uh, the story was there was a um, an Arabian princess. Her husband was the or her brother was the sultan, and she had an appetite for young uh, island men. Um, but after a night of fun, uh, that would be their last day. <laughs> She would, she would have them killed because she didn't want anybody talking about their fun night. So she had. Oh. A, so if the if if the if the princess wanted to hang out with you for the night, that wasn't a good thing. Wow. Well, hopefully it was a great last night. Uh, hopefully it was a great last night. <laughs> Go out with a bang, um, something like that. Uh, oh, that's. Yeah, that was yeah, rough. That was a tough metaphor. Okay, tough metaphor. Go on. Next. Tough. So let me ask you this. So to our listeners, back to the money. Um, to our listeners out there that are on a budget, should they go travel? You say we said go travel. Um, after COVID, I'm on a budget. I've got things going on. Should I still put aside some money and take a trip somewhere different than where I am? Why is traveling so important? Well, for me. Traveling is definitely a form of education. Mm -hmm. I've met amazing friends. I've gained 
perspective. It's really travel has changed my life. And, you know, you think that you're going to see how other people live, but I find that I learn the most about myself. Yeah. And I definitely think that people should go traveling. I, I, I believe after COVID that many people will want to travel first, maybe a little bit locally, maybe explore some domestic places they haven't thought were the top of their list. I know some of the islands, like I've, I've had amazing experiences in Vanuatu and the Solomon Islands and as Fiji, and I don't believe they're going to be open this year in 2021. I don't think they're going to be ready for visitors until 2022. So that'll also impact people's choices. Of course, I know Cabo and the one and only Palmilla are definitely open. And um, I read in Forbes that they're recently one of the first verified destinations. So places are opening or, or open, Yeah. but it's more about how comfortable you feel. And certainly with many, many people being vaccinated now, that will shift who feels comfortable. But I think there's going to be a lot of paying attention. Like, does the cruise line require you to be vaccinated? Do you have the right paperwork? Do you feel comfortable? And yeah. do you have enough money? What's your plan? If you get sick somewhere else, what are you going to do? Yeah. I think that's so important. And even if you can't travel overseas, traveling to a different region of the U.S. is amazing. We're not all exactly the same. It's a little different in Minnesota than it is in Texas, which is different than South Dakota. Um, there are so many amazing places, even in the U.S., that you can learn um, different cultures and different history other than your own. Absolutely. I was in Ogden in Utah. I went skiing there and I saw the place where's the last spike for the train where the east eastern train met the western train in the United States. And I loved being there. And that actually the the train going across the United States is the reason that we have time zones or official time zones, four official time zones. Oh, oh, so you gotta tell us a little more about this. I'm curious. <laughs> So I love this story because, so there were some large number of time zones in the United States. I don't think it was a hundred, but there was no official national time zones. And what oh, okay. happened was the, tr the train went on one track and the engineers needed to be able to say like, what's happening with the train? You know, when are we arriving? What's going on? And in order to keep everybody safe, they had to say like, this is the actual time in our area. Oh. And so it was in Congress. They passed a, and I forget the exact name of if it was a bill, but there was like a, essentially a national time standardization. And oh, it was funny to me. It's funny to me because that's like the, the train and the economy drove the time zones. That's well, you know, so what, what I love about this is I, so I, I just had a client the other day and then they, they have retirement money from the railroads. And I was like, this is so cool yeah. because people don't realize how integral the railroads were to this country of getting stuff across, of traveling, of, of moving troops, of moving people. Like people in this day and age think trains are like something of the past, but they were so instrumental in so much of what shaped this country. Hugely instrumental. And, you know, people used to sail to California and then th whatever they did, wagons. But once the train happened, like you saw Florida oranges go places, California oranges, like uh, the lobster from the Northeast and politics, like you said, the presidents traveled. It was a very big deal because in Ogden, I think, was 
where they had to switch from the West Coast to the East Coast line. The line met, but I think in the beginning, they still had to switch trains. Yeah. But it's, you know, and it's, when you think about different things, like the train is very important, but also time zones, all of China is one time zone. Oh, wow. It's very, it's very strange because, you know, we have different time zones to match sunrise and sunset and to have a country that large with one time zone. As I traveled, I was there for six weeks. I was like, hmm, this is not quite the same daylight <laughs> night thing. So it's just a funny, no, that's quirky thing that you don't think about necessarily. Right. We don't all do it the same. We don't all do it the same. There, The rest of the world has a way of doing things that doesn't always match ours. And we rub up against that. It, it can be mm-hmm. quite frustrating. Or again, that, what do you mean? I'm... <laughs> I'm American. Um, I've stopped the ugly American um, attitude, thankfully. <laughs> I have a lot more gratitude and appreciation. <laughs> well, but you think about even when people say like, oh, I we changed the hour for daylight savings and whether daylight savings works or doesn't work, you know, just think that, you know, like, well, Arizona sometimes is the same time as California and sometimes it's not. So you were talking about India and Nepal. So we had gone, I had gone with a travel partner overland from India to Nepal. And we found this place in Nepal where we were going to go. They were having a, like a chanting meditation center, a session. And we showed up and they're like, well, you cannot go in. So why can we not go in? Because you are late. How can we be late? They said, well, it started at nine. I said, it is nine. He goes, no, here it's 915. They had a 15-minute time zone change. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and I, I thought, okay, we'll come back the next time because I don't want to argue with you, but this is nuts. I had this never is, heard of that. That's I, Apparently, that 15 minutes was very crucial to some people <laughs> in that community. <laughs> it was It was. A, a surprise to me that I didn't, and like you said, some people don't know like the signs will be in another language or the money won't be the same. It, it's hard sometimes to ask enough questions about what will be different if you have never been. And that's why I think local knowledge is so important. You really have to ask people who've recently been or, or someone who's been before to kind of help you like People say to me, why do you have an extra credit card? I'm like, because so many times mine didn't work, got lost or stolen. I thought it'd just be easier to have one more. You know, I didn't think of that out of the blue. I thought of that because it was a problem and I was trying to think of a solution. Yeah, Um, absolutely. You've got to, you've got to, you have to plan ahead. Um, And you don't have to have a lot of money, but you do need to plan ahead and you do need to have contingency plans, I would say. Um, Absolutely. was Was your best trip ever on a budget or with lots of flush cash? (laughs) Um, Oh my goodness. I've been using a light and my computer's telling me I have low battery. So we're going to have a little trip right now. Okay. And um, we're going to plug in. I'm sorry. No, no worries. No worries. Good you caught it. (laughs) Um, You get a different view of me now. All right. We got the kitchen um, and, the, and the patio. The kitchen? Uh, nope, that's too low. Um, right now I can tell you. Hold on, let's see if I can find a place where you can see me. There you go. So and I just want to name now, that the dishes, the dishes in the sink are clean. There's like you have a clean kitchen <laughs> from here. I do. <laughs> I do. Thank you. Much better the, than my um, kitchen. 
So I'll tell you my um, my favorite favorite um, F word. Okay. So when you're traveling or where you're on camera and you need power, you have to use the F word, which of course is flexible. <laughs> That's what you thought I was going to say, right? Flexible. I knew it was going to be yeah. flexible. <laughs> I was trying to think of every F word. I only know a couple of F words. So. <laughs> um, yeah. The most important thing when you're traveling is to use the F word, which is flexible. Because if your flight gets canceled, you have to think, what am I going to do now? Or if uh, you fly into Italy, like I did once when I was in college, I was visiting from Israel and there was a train strike. I was like, well, there's a train strike. I'll just fly. So sometimes you have to be ready to plan to do something different. Got to be flexible. I love it. So I have to ask you this question. It's it's sort of random, but it's important. Um, What do uh, Ariana Grande, Kim Kardashian, and Lisa Niver have in common? (laughs) (laughs) That's an excellent, excellent question. So what happened is... Um, for the last decade, I've been running We Said Go Travel. That's my website, We Said Go Travel. And I've done all my social media as We Said Go Travel. And yeah. recently, in January of this year, I shifted my social media from We Said Go Travel to at Lisa Niver. And I'm, I'm now doing all my social media as my own name. And Affluencer, which is an influencer brand, picked the top female fabulous influencers And because I had made that shift, I got on the list. So as I looked at the top 50 names, I was like, wait, I'm on a list with Ariana Grande and Kim Kardashian. So (laughs) that's how it happened. And, you know, it's funny. I, I definitely really perseverated about changing my branding from We Say Go Travel to Lisa Niver, but I'm writing a book and it's important that people could find me with my own name. And I was... Getting on that list made me feel like I definitely made the right choice because immediately I got picked up as in this group. And so I just thought it was very funny. And um, yeah, I mean, it's such a nice honor that they picked me. And I was also listed as a top 10 travel influencer for 2021. So it's it's always nice to be awesome. selected and... Um, you know, it's hard to keep doing the writing and the video and the social media. So it's always nice for someone to say, hey, you're doing a good job. Yeah. And I think for me, the message there is trust your instincts, right? That's something you talked about <laughs> up the top about trusting yourself. And you've shared a couple of stories about trusting your instinct, <laughs> having that extra credit card in another secure location, all those kinds of things. Um, it's about trusting. Um, so I love that. I love that. So we're at fast five and I, um, got to ask you these fast five questions and just, uh, let's just let it, let it rip. Um, what's your favorite item that you've purchased overseas? Overseas in Mongolia, I purchased these small, like, uh, zippered bags. They were made out of the tapestries from the gears and uh, an NGO came and helped the women and said, you can turn these tapestries that you were going to throw away into something that people will buy. And I brought a bunch home and I actually sold them for a while here in the U.S. and everybody loved them. That was one of my most favorite purchases from Mongolia. Oh, that's so cool. What's the worst thing that you purchased overseas? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> um, oh my goodness. What's the worst thing I purchased overseas? Um, I'll tell you the funniest thing that happened was I was in Indonesia in this place called Sumbawa where not a lot of tourists go. And I wanted like a bandana cause it was hot and it was too much sun and I needed to protect my face. And I was trying to uh, negotiate with the guy and I told him no Tita Harga Gila. And he burst out laughing because that means don't give me a crazy price. <laughs> and I think that I was just walking by and he thought I was some, you know, like, you know, whatever, dumb tourist. And I was yeah. negotiating with him in Bahasa and he was, he laughed so hard. He gave it to me for a dollar. Oh, that's great. That is so funny. Um, uh, if, if you could choose to do anything for a day, what would you do? What would, what would it be? Oh my God. After being home for COVID for more than a year, if I could do anything, I would be underwater scuba diving. Absolutely. Oh, cool, cool, cool. With sharks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, sharks, octopus, squid. And honestly, I, I've been diving a few times in the aquarium. Just put me in the water. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> What's the longest you've gone without sleep and why? Oh, not very long. I need sleep. Yeah. I mean, I sleep every night. I in college they used to make fun of me because as as people were coming into the library to start their all nighter, I was leaving. They're like, Lisa, where are you going? I'm like, I was done studying yesterday. Mm-mm-mm. I don't with no sleep. I'm not very nice. I, I just wondered if it, on any of those trips. I know I've had a couple of all nighters where the plane didn't show up, and then I'm on a train, uh, and then I'm waiting for the bus. <laughs> Um, you know what? I, I definitely, when that happens, I kind of cat nap and I put me on a moving vehicle. I am asleep, bus, train, plane, taxi. I drive, I don't sleep while I'm driving the car. Yeah, that's good. But, but when you're the passenger, you can sleep. See, I I can do that too. So that's awesome to be able to sleep because a lot of people can't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, if, um, are you a clean or messy person? I think I actually already know this answer. (laughs) Um, I think I'm fairly organized. I think so. Based on the kitchen, I think you win. I think you win. (laughs) I can't believe I had to move. I was like, what's happening? I got the little red thing. My, your computer is about to die. (laughs) But I guess that's one of the things I do try to think through having worked on the cruise ship and, you know, being involved in drills. I'm very concerned about safety and do I have all of my cables, you know, because when you're traveling, I mean, literally when I was on the 11-month trip traveling, backpacking, every single electronic device I had at some point, I broke or it died. So I'm always thinking, like, do I have a backup of that? Like, if there's no outlet, what will I do? If there's no Wi-Fi, what will I do? If I have no money, what will I do? Yeah, you've got to be thinking mine, that. clean even so if I have a messy house. That's right. <laughs> well, it doesn't look messy. You're, you looked good in the moment. You, you were flexible. You moved. And you had a beautiful kitchen backdrop. Um, Thank you. So we're at our sweet spot, our M&M moment, our money and motivation. And I think especially related to travel, is there a piece of practical financial um, advice, a financial tip or a piece of wealth wisdom that you could give our listeners? Um, So somebody out there that wants to travel or has never traveled? Yes, One of the things I always tell people when they ask me how this is going to be related. So stay with me. When people ask me, how do they start a blog or getting started in video? I always tell people start small and start for free. 
There, You don't need to buy branding. You don't need a logo. You don't need hosting. You have to see if you like it. Right. And I feel the same way about traveling. You know, if you really haven't been anywhere and you feel nervous to go by yourself, go an hour away and stay at a hotel for one night or, or don't even stay overnight. Just go drive 35 minutes or three hours and 35 minutes. Be like, do I like this? Or would I be happier if someone was with me? Because I think spending a lot of money for me, throwing money at a problem just means now I have less money. It doesn't solve right. it mostly. So I think that for me, I always think start small, you know, like the LA zoo's open, go to the zoo and see animals before you pay $10,000 and see animals in Africa and are like, Oh, I don't like animals that much. I mean, it's not for everybody (laughs) (laughs) you or whatever it is that you think is this giant dream. Like there might be some way to try it a little bit at a time, small steps. I, I think that's so awesome because I think people forget, and I know the first time I did this, it seemed weird, um, but I went and got a hotel in downtown LA for the weekend. I went and stayed at the Bonaventure and people are like, you're just going to downtown. I'm like, I just want a different environment and a different experience. Yeah. I didn't have to pay for the plane. I didn't. And so I got to get a nice room and just feel like a, a tourist uh, in a different setting. And I was only 30 minutes away from home. So I, I just, I love that idea that we don't have to go that far to go out and have a different experience. I also agree with you about your experience downtown. A friend of mine wanted to move to a new neighborhood in LA and, you know, not during COVID, but normally in LA going to another neighborhood dealing with traffic could be really problematic and people get so in their own zone. Right. So I said, I told her exactly what you said. I'm like, go stay there. For three days, like, what is it like if you're not fighting the traffic? Like, where do you go to the supermarket? Is it a livable area for you? And for me, when I'm finding a place to stay in a new um, country or a new city, I always think, well, can I walk everywhere? Do I need to rent a car? Do they drive on the other side of the street? And there's a lot of things to process about can you walk to dinner? Are you, are you taking public transportation? Does public transportation close at nine? Does it close at midnight? Is it 24 hours? And there's a lot of questions that come up. Yeah. I think that's so important. And I think, you know, my big takeaway from um, all that we've talked about today is being flexible, right? You've got to be flexible. Um, it's also important to do a little bit of homework, um, do a little... Yes do a little research and a little bit of pre-planning <laughs> and prepare for contingencies. And and I think the biggest takeaway for me um, about travel is that it's educational. Um, we can learn so much about ourselves and mm-hmm. so much about how the rest of the world lives and survives in completely different circumstances that we, we might find untenable. Um, and And yeah. that to just go out there and see the rest of the world, even if it's just 30 minutes away from your, your front door. You know, when you say that, it reminds me, do you remember the, there was a a song in the show Avenue Q about you have to go outside of your apartment to see the world. (laughs) Right. Like they were just saying, go out your door. And it's funny now being in COVID. So many of us haven't gone outside our doors. And I think people really are going to need some small steps. I, I was able to interview Gabby Natale and she is now has 45 million views on YouTube and she has three Emmys. And we were talking about how do you get started? She said, um, 
starting small, um, excuse me, <clears throat> starting small doesn't mean thinking small. So you right. could start for free. You could start local. You could start with a two day trip. It doesn't mean you'll never go anywhere else. It just means you want to feel comfortable along the way. I think that's so important. I was nauseous the first time I flew to Greece and exchanging money because I'd never done any of that. And I had never, my belief was only rich people can travel. And so I kept myself for many years traveling because I had a belief that said, it's not possible for me. And it is possible for anybody. Get a passport and, and take that, take that next step. Take that next step. Oh my gosh. Where can people find you online and social media? So on social media, you can find me at Lisa Niver and Niver rhymes with diver and that's how it's spelled. N-I-V-E-R. I'm on all the social platforms. I have a website, lisaniver.com and I mainly post my new articles on We Said Go Travel. So that's where I've been posting for the last decade. Um, and I also, like you said, on YouTube, I have a channel, We Said Go Travel, that has 1.3 million views of all my travel videos. And I think that's a great resource to go in and hear about travel, learn about places you want to go, and just hear about experiences because it's great to be um, prepared. I always study uh, videos and things when I travel. I read books and all that stuff so I can sort of prepare myself. So I really encourage people to go check out uh, Lisa's YouTube channel at We Said Go Travel. We Said Go Travel. Do it. Um, so I want to say to our listeners out there, please um, don't forget to share the love. Like, follow, and share on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Money You Should Ask, all one word. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast player or visit Apple Podcasts and search for Money You Should Ask or click on the link in the description. If you're watching this episode on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. For more tips, tools, or how to learn how to have a healthy relationship with money, visit themoneynerve.com. That's nerve, not nerd. Um, Lisa. <laughs> Lisa Niver, it has been so wonderful having you. I've been wanting to have you on for a long time and uh, I can't wait to hear about your next adventure. Oh, thank you so much. It's It's been really great during COVID to have this time to work on my book and be able to catch up with friends and be in one place. And, you know, I've really been grateful to, you know, be reconnected and, and have my family be healthy and safe. So, Thank you so much for having me on your, your show. It's so awesome. Yes, it was great. And we will push and let people know about your book once it's, uh, once it's published and out. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. 